Welcome to the Witty and Gritty Podcast, where we believe that lifelong learning and relentless determination are essential to developing your passions and reaching your goals. Here to help you along the way are the hosts of the show. Take it away, ladies. Hey, y'all. I'm Brooke. And I'm Farron. As educators and high achievers, we're passionate about providing our listeners with effective strategies to help navigate life's obstacles and reach your goals sooner. Join us as we break down credible research that gives you a fresh perspective and challenges your limiting beliefs. Laugh and grow as we share personal anecdotes and interviews from people that have demonstrated what it takes to be successful. By implementing these practices, you will develop your unique skill set and learn how to better serve your community. Get your mind right. And enjoy this time designed just for you. We're celebrating a year's worth of episodes. So this is episode 52, 52 weeks in a year, a year's worth of podcast episodes. Dang, you would have made a great math teacher. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Did you hear where it's like, with this whole COVID thing, when you've always asked your math teacher, when am I ever going to use algebra again? No one has ever said during the pandemic. Yeah. (laughs) What? (laughs) Oh, yeah, here we are, mathing away. I did see with the space launch, though, some math teachers were talking about the calculus required for the launch. So if you ever plan to launch rockets into outer space, then you will use calculus. Yes. And only then, I guess. (laughs) I had a math teacher once say that, you know, going to school, you might not use everything later in your career, but that school teaches you how to learn. Yeah, I like how we've talked about that multiple times on the podcast. School, yes, it's very specific on, you need chemistry for one year. That Mm -hmm. does multiple things. It gives you a taste of everything, see what you like, what you don't like. Maybe you can pursue something that comes naturally to you or you like it. And then it also teaches you how to learn. Like you were saying, Farron, it teaches you how to overcome the challenging things. Yeah, because... Ultimately, you're going to be in some type of job or career, self-employed, working for a big corporation, where you're having to figure it out and learn. So, um, again, when you're challenged with those classes you don't like, you can reframe your mindset to like, okay, so I don't enjoy this, but what can I do uh, to learn? Or, this is really hard for me. And so focusing on it as an opportunity to grow in that way. And that's going to help whenever your kids are saying, this class is really hard. I don't know. I, when am I going to use this? And you can, again, big picture. You're learning how to learn. You're yeah. learning how to do the hard thing. If you can learn how to, if you can learn how to calculus, you, can, <laughs> you are going to be all right. <laughs> okay, so episode 52. This is our year in review through interviews. So we've done book studies throughout the year. We've done 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, a book on the Enneagram, Grit, Daring Greatly, and Everything is Figureoutable. So over the course of this year, we've hit those five different books. Yeah, and it's crazy that we've, I don't know the last time I read a book in a year, yet alone five books in a year. (laughs) So I'm grateful for that. Um, You know, when I heard about your book study, even before we started the podcast, podcasting, I was like, well, maybe that's what would have me reading books again. Um, So I do. I like our virtual book club, book study (laughs) community. Episode 15, if you want to hear the book club, book study joke. But like you were saying, Farron, anyone 
can read a book, right? Mm-hmm. And so a lot of times if they look at our podcast, oh, they've only covered five books. We've done way more than just talk about the book. Yeah. We have talked about stories that relate to our lives, stories that relate to your lives, how you can overcome, actionable steps you can take. So it's not actually just reading the book. It's practical application through a biblical lens. Yeah, so um, a lot of times, you know, some people in the Christian realm will talk about, you know, self-help books aren't what you need, that, you know, you only need Jesus, which is true. But there is good information in these self-help books. Sometimes the piece that's missing is, again, the love for Jesus. So we bring that to you. Right, so we take a book that is well-known or it has some great stuff in it, and we hold it up to the truths of the Bible, and then we go from there. So what aligns, and whatever aligns we're keeping, we're talking about, or we're tweaking whatever the book says into what does the Bible say here. So the book might say one thing, okay, well, here's what the Bible says, and we'll run with that. I like, too, that at the end of reviewing the book, we interview people that are living out the practices that we've reviewed. You guys get to hear from us uh, plenty throughout the series. So we like to bring in other people that, again, are, are living it out and from different walks of life and doing different occupations with different experiences, but still having a lot of success. So what we're going to do right now is we're going to go through each of the book series and go over the three people we've interviewed per book series and just give you a little brief synopsis about what that episode was about. That way you can easily find it and point back to it. Awesome. So the first series we did was the 15 Invaluable Laws of Growth, and we interviewed our mom. Yes. So first we had your mom. Oh, yes. That is thoroughly entertaining. <laughs> I, I just, I, I've got to say it. I love it because she's a seven and you're a nine, and so I love how fun the episode was. Yeah. It was great. She's very entertaining. Um, she talked about how she tried, her and my dad tried to develop, you know, that intrinsic motivation in the in us kids, and through that, you know, setting expectations. Um, so I, I don't know. They got the magic sauce because we all um, have have done pretty well in life. So. Right. I agree. As your Thank best friend, you. like all four of y'all are it's hard to say about thriving yourself. in the workplace for sure. Yes. So intrinsic motivation, in case you're not quite sure what intrinsic is, that's your inside motivation. So what's happening between your ears and your head and your heart to get you up and going or to get you to show up well for your people. So somehow Farron's parents were able to instill that in all of their kids Yes. They, it gave them the drive to go do things. And then, like you were saying, setting expectations. Mm-hmm. So your parents worked that hand-in-hand hand on how we're going to get these kids to get themselves motivated, and we're going to set the expectations like, here's what you got to do. And they were able to overcome that and achieve that. Yes, and I loved your interview with your mom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So it's, yes, yeah, she's great. They... She's big on encouragement, so not only just saying things and speaking life into people, but she also has stuff, like, written around the room. Like, right now, we're sitting in a room of hers in her house, and there's seize the day, enjoy the moment, inspire someone. Like, it's written around the room. So that's also good for teaching your kids how to read. Well, if you have stuff (laughs) on the walls, it's going to help. But from the beginning, she's always been... She and my dad have been huge supporters. We'll get your back. We'll show up. 
And then another tactic she talked about is talking it out. So always having those little conversations, whether it's on the way to school or on the way home or it, both my parents were educators. So every moment is a teachable moment. I, well, and I just found a lot of um, great parenting advice from that. You know, I think depending on you and what you're looking for, you can find, you know, what's of value in all of our episodes. Um, but I really appreciated the uh, parenting advice. But yeah, talking it out are teachable moments. Um, you know how kids like to ask why 1,000 trillion times? Like, we got to be careful not to stifle that. And so when you have their interest or bring their interest into mind, um, you know, using every moment. My girls, they love to put stamps on letters. And so I just explain, you know, well, this goes on this part of the envelope and this information goes here. I had a friend that when her daughter was filling out college applications, and this was back when you still mailed <laughs> stuff. And I hope mail. that $50 makes it there. <laughs> yeah. Um, she was like, well, where do I put the address? And like, what goes on each line? Um, but you know, just looking for those teachable moments. If you're paying bills, let them put the stamp on. What is a stamp? It's not just a cute sticker like this represents like the pay the money that you're paying to mail the letter. And so, um, again, the routine and mundane kind of things in life um, you can use to teach your kids either academic stuff or just good life. Yeah, <laughs> they're gonna carry that yeah. later. And even then, if they don't remember that specific lesson, they can remember, wow, my parents know a whole lot. I could probably ask them, and they would know, which is good. You want them to come back and ask you the questions because they're going to find the answer. So do you want to make sure it's information through your lens and your voice, or do you want Google to tell them answers? Yeah. So keep that in mind. The last person we interviewed in the Invaluable Laws of Growth is Lisa Lett. So Lisa Lett has worked at our church, Community Life, for a while now through different roles and she talks about growth through the biblical lens and spiritual growth. And she quotes scripture like it ain't no thing in this episode. Like, bam, there's a verse for that. Bam, there's a verse for that. Yeah. Um, I like that we always bring someone that, you know, it tends to be like from our church. Um, because that's where we happen to know a lot of <laughs> Jesus lovers. You know, church is that community, not just a building. Um and during these times, it's very evident it's not a building, but a community of people. Uh, so we always try to include somebody that's serving in the church and has, you know, a lot of background in theology to, again, bring it back through that Christian lens. She talks a lot about comparison, and we went through a whole Bible study, I guess this time last year, all about comparison and the comparison trap. I think it was Andy Andrews' wife, maybe? Yeah. Or Andy Stanley. Andy, <laughs> the preacher man, his wife wrote a thing. It was good. And then she also talked about the power of journaling. And we talk about journaling frequently on the podcast. So she dives into practical, actionable things you can do as far as journaling goes. And that's why we also create workbooks with several of our book studies, because there's so much science behind um, remembering and absorbing what you're reading if you're writing about it. Not just typing, but putting time aside to jot down some notes right so that was the mini series on the 15 invaluable laws of growth by john maxwell it's episodes one through eight and then we had our enneagram series yes i gotta say this was one of our more popular ones we used the book the road back to you by suzanne stabile and ian morgan cron and it's all about the enneagram 
if you are like, what the heck's the Enneagram, just go to episode 11, and that's going to start start you off on a breakdown. A lot of, so something that I see a lot, people are going on to the internets, and (laughs) I have to say internets every time, Uh, and they're Googling an Enneagram quiz, so we want to just reiterate that it's a motivational typing system, not a behavioral typing system. That just means it gets to the core on why you do what you do instead of what are you doing. So it's that sub-level of consciousness. And then we would recommend at least just listening to the mini-series. If you don't want to read the book, at least listen to the mini-series because that's going to help you figure out what does the Enneagram even mean. I'm, get, I'm taking a quiz and it says I'm three numbers. That's not right. Mm-hmm. So make sure you're listening to the mini-series to at least get a taste of what it actually means what are triads? What do the numbers represent? And that's going to help you a lot. And I have to say, I was very skeptical about the yeah, Enneagram before mm-hmm. we started because you just hear about so many personality typing systems and, oh, there's so many things that pop up on your Facebook news feed about, like, based on your birthday month, then you're a blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so I don't know. Just after going through the book study, I really appreciated the thought that went into this personality um test program typing system typing system well and it's been around for a long time in the book she talks about the historical process of the enneagram where it came from and it's not just this thing that was just made up 10 years ago this is a tried and true system that has been around for a very long time so i like the historical backing as well and also this whole book is written through the biblical lens so it's what can you do to become a better Christian if you are struggling here? Or it'll say an unhealthy one looks like this. Here's how to get better. So it actually gives you things you can do. I do like that. I like that it doesn't just say you're always this number. It's, it gives you a number, but then like when you're in your high moments, you're, you tend to have this personality. And when you're in your low moments, it's like this. And my favorite part in the book And so if you want to hear it, you're going to have to go check it out. But it's like what this number was like as a child and what this number looks like in the workplace. I found that super interesting. And it helps you narrow down or at least eliminate like, oh, okay, I know I'm I'm for sure not a forks. That's not how I work in the workplace or at home or remember any of my childhood like that. So that would be helpful for you as well. So our three interviews, we, so Farron, earlier you mentioned that I'm in a separate book study. We meet every other Monday. We've done this for like three and a half years now. And we did this Enneagram book, I guess, maybe two years ago. And I was like, Farron, we got to do this book. And so we interviewed my book study group who went through this whole book. And um, obviously we go into a lot more things than we would on a podcast because it's all personal and private and It's just cool to see how we talk to the book study and they all talk about how they work with their spouse or how they, what are they doing for their kids. So I think that's extremely helpful. And if you're in any type of leadership role too, um, knowing your people is really important. And so um, that was something I just wanted to add in there. That's huge for me. I use that. I use it all the time. If someone knows their Enneagram number at work, I definitely use that to both of our advantages I know how to approach the person, how to talk to them, know what motivates them. 
Like, I, I work with a friend who's a three, and I know that she's a three. She knows I'm a one, and we know how to motivate each other to get the best. Yeah, how to serve each other, mm-hmm. which is why um, it was really neat to have on our next couple, Kristen and Blake, their husband and wife, and they do um, marriage counseling using the Enneagram. Mm-hmm. But, man, if you know what your partner's number is, you can alleviate way more fights. You can serve each other and love each other better. Um, one thing we kind of dispelled in this series was, you know, the whole golden rule, treat others how you want to be treated. Well, depending on your personality, you might not want to be treated <laughs> the way one number wants to be treated. So like an eight might want to, you know, say, suck it up, get out there. But then a more sensitive number is like, I need you to tell me I'm awesome and love me through this. Right. So, so yes, the golden rule is a good thing. Love your neighbor as yourself. We're not not saying that, but also you, if you're loving your neighbor well, you know how to love them well. So Farron, with me, you know, like shoot it straight with me. And with you, I know to maybe not shoot it so straight with you, uh, just because that's how our personalities work. Nothing against either one of those types. It's just, I can love Farron well because I know how she needs to be loved. Oh, I love you too, bestie. But I like what you said about the couples thing, too. So Kristen and Blake, we won't tell you what numbers they are. Go listen to episode 16. But they talk about how, like, their numbers are the ones that fit perfectly. And so it's funny because me and Morgan, supposedly our numbers fit oppositely. (laughs) (laughs) So it's harder for us to get along which we've got a thing for that coming up, by the way, yes, on how to sure how do. to work well with others during conflict. <laughs> fellowship. <laughs> Intense fellowship. <laughs> uh, so episode 15 was the book study interview. 16 was Blake and Kristen, their interview as a couple. And then we had Lauren, who's an LPC. She owns her own practice. What does she do? She's a counselor. There we go. She owns her own practice. Her counseling practice, and she's a boss lady. She's like CEO in it up. But she gives great insight on how she uses the Enneagram with her counseling. Her specialty is working with couples through conflict and Mm -hmm. affair recovery and that sort of thing. That's her her niche. But she talks a lot about the love languages, positive self-talk in her episode, and she throws in Enneagram on how all of that all fits together. And she has them find out if she's working with a couple they work through and figure out what their numbers are and that's how she can leverage their counseling sessions Mm -hmm. so after the Enneagram series we moved on to Grit by Angela Duckworth I love this one I love it too I love it because the book proves that hard work is better than talent yeah so you know when you're when you don't make like the volleyball team or something and your parents are like stick with it you know hard work and determination is more important than raw talent and you're like sure thanks mom like girl six one (laughs) yeah this just has so much science that proves all the things that i thought people used to say just to make you feel better right (laughs) and that i've told other people to make them feel better but oh my gosh i just love when science Mm -hmm. comes up behind it and proves it all to be yes. true I yes like you said I love when science backs up the bible like science finally catches up with the bible like how you're supposed to encourage and motivate and love each other and science is like yeah that that's true and the bible's like I've been saying it for yeah. years <laughs> so I love how Angela Duckworth's research over a long time 
Like, we're just now seeing the results of this after, like, 10, 20 years of research. Mm-hmm. This is finally the pieces are coming together. Because remember, hers is qualitative research, not quantitative. So it's lots of getting stories and tracing back and making connections. So yeah. like, we see that again in the next book we're going to talk about. But And her studies, like, follow people over... A long period yes. of time. Generationally as well in some aspects too. So that book is amazing, packed full of knowledge. The first interview we did, so this is Grit miniseries is episodes 19 through 25. And our interviews were 23, 24, 25. It's always the last three episodes in the miniseries. We interviewed your mother-in-law. Yeah. Oh, Betty. So awesome. She is so wonderful. Yes. So she, man, was just, when I thought of the word grit... Um, several people came to mind, but I sure wanted to put her on our grit list. And why is that? Well, because she, man, she's a mama four. She went to law school while having babies and, you know, worked her way to where now she has her own practice. And she will just, you know, she doesn't give anything to any natural talent she has. It's all about hard work and determination Um, and so when she shares her stories, you definitely see that there weren't any shortcuts. There's no shortcuts to gain, uh, to where you want to be and how she had mentors in her life that like used those and followed them. We talk about getting in the right circle and going and looking for your mentors, whether in person or on podcasts or the intranets. (laughs) She just embodied all of um, what the book Grit had to say and what we uh, speak about. I, I love how her episode talks about equally being a parent and equally being able to work yeah. hard at your passion. So she's this awesome lawyer who is a stud in her field, and like in her office, like the national well, <laughs> office. In Texas, yeah. In Texas, they do a lot of patent law out in East Texas, Marshall area. And so... Um, you know, I've just learned a lot about law and there's so many different <laughs> branches. I guess it's kind of like education, right? People are like, aren't you a teacher? Well, yeah, but that doesn't mean I know the specific... phases of the moon off the top of my head. No, it depends <laughs> on like what subject and grade and yeah, so many things. So right. in under the umbrella of lawyers, there's like so many specific whatever, but yeah, patent law. She's, she's awesome. Yes, yeah, she is. Episode 24 was my dad, Keith. And so we had my mom on in the first miniseries, mm-hmm. The Invaluable Also Growth, and that was specifically talking about how to grow your kids and instill like, positive stuff in them. And then my dad comes through with how to get them gritty. Like, yeah. yes, fluff. Good job, Mom. Okay, now let's make sure we've got it taken care of whenever it, the tough part happens. So he dives right in with how not only you have to be a gritty parent, but... Gritty parents raise gritty kids, typically. So if you can become a gritty parent like your mom and your mother-in-law, good Lord, then <laughs> likely your kids will also, catch, the more is caught than taught. So mm-hmm. they're going to catch on to what you're doing. But what um, some of our listeners that I grew up with, in his episode, he talks about certain tactics on how to parent and some things that he had in place for when my friends came over. He gives so much solid advice on like what to do whenever maybe this person's kind of eh, not a good fit for the family. What can you do to help kind of help your kid and help you and help that other person? 
what, how can all these parts move together? So I had several friends reach out and say, that's why he did that. I just thought that was the weirdest thing. And my dad's like, yep. <laughs> Strategery. Yes. So he, he is definitely very good at playing the long game and how to make sure you're set up for success yeah. over the long run. I think the way I was just going to say it is both of your parents invested not only in their children, but like their kids' friends. And even to this day, like... They're my work mom and dad because when you're venting or needing advice or ideas for like the school world, it's one of those things like if you if you haven't done it, then it's hard to really like get it. One of those hashtags, if you know, you know, kind of things. And so, um, yeah, both of your parents have just poured into me as your Yay. friend. And I think that's really neat. Again, just looking for opportunities that you can uh, mentor and you know, instill greatness in others. Yes, it's important to get to know the friends of your kids and the parents of those people as well. Mm -hmm. And it's a bonus when it's your friends and they have kids and then your kids are friends. Yes. Okay, so episode 25, the last interview in the Grit miniseries, we brought in David, who is a local pastor, happens to be from our church, Mm -hmm. and he talks about how to develop and sustain spiritual grit. So he gives lots of anecdotes and lots of stories from the Bible on how to keep moving forward. Yeah, some people, I feel like their perspective on the Bible is all these stories of perfect people that did it right. And so you're going to go read the Bible to figure out how to live your life the right way too. And so I love all the examples of um, people in the Bible that really struggled and were in the like worst situations And what got them through is their faith and um, developing their spiritual growth. And so he talks a lot about, um, again, your spiritual grit and uh, gives references again to scripture where that was evident. Yeah, one of the verses that's kind of stuck with me is the one about pressing on and running the race and how even, even if you are a believer, you've still got to press on through the hard thing because stuff's going to happen. Bad stuff happens to good and bad people, and Mm -hmm. bad stuff happens to good and bad people, so you've got to press on and keep moving forward. That doesn't mean get over whatever it was. There's a difference between someone saying, get over it, or press on. There's a huge difference, and that resonates very differently, so make sure you're using the term press on. Yeah, so I really thought that episode would speak to people that are giving their all every day, and in work and family and social life, but they're feeling like weak or in need in their spiritual life. Like, how do I, how do I develop grit there? So lots of good stuff in that interview. Good stuff. Good stuff. Yes. Okay. Our next mini series we did was Brene Brown's Daring Greatly. And this one definitely stretched me a whole lot. Do we have time for a little story? Of course. I know we're reviewing a whole year, but I had a dream the other night that somebody called me pretending to be like, someone from HR at this new place I'm working to like set up my health or benefits and like two minutes into the call they're like just kidding this is Brene Brown (laughs) and I'm surprising you because I'm gonna be on your podcast I was like oh my gosh I gotta tell Brooke and she's like she already knows (laughs) and I was like do you know that we call you B money and she was like yeah it was awesome. Oh, this so is then, hilarious. Like, we need to tell B Money this story. I know. I'm, I want to like tag her and then maybe we she'll will. really 
make our dreams come true. And so then, like, I hang up. It gets better. And I I go and, like, call someone, and my phone rings, and it's someone else, and it's telemarketer, like. And then they're like, just kidding. It's Ellen DeGeneres. I would love to be on your podcast. And I'm like, what is happening right now? It was just a dream. Okay, so we need to reach out to those two people. See if they will please, oh please, be on our podcast. Maybe it's a sign. I don't know. We'll email them today. Okay. <laughs> Listen, Ellen, <laughs> Baron had a dream about you. So it must make my dreams come true. Yes. You know, maybe. What's, yeah. the, what is, what's the worst thing that can happen? No. Exactly. So, might as well try. All right. So, speaking of daring greatly, mm-hmm. it's about being vulnerable and putting yourself out there. Again, what's the worst that could happen? Mm-hmm. Nothing. You're still where you are. But what's the best that could happen? Yeah. So... In this mini-series, it's episodes 28 through 38, and we interviewed, so it's 36, 37, and 38, the last three episodes in the mini-series, and we interviewed you, Farron, and we interviewed Randy, another co-pastor, and then we interviewed your family friend, Janet. Might as well be like an auntie. Yes. Yes. Okay, so Farron, your episode 36, you hit the hard topic of miscarriage. Yes, and it's... You know, I think when you're going through it, um, you're not, you already feel vulnerable because, like, you're losing and going through all this grief. Um, And so, like, I don't know, the lie that Satan put in my head is, like, you don't want to tell people about it because, you know, they're not going to understand. And, you know, when you're going through hard stuff, sometimes the last thing you want to hear is someone being like, I get it. And it's like, no, you you don't. don't. (laughs) This is my unique experience. Um, But I learned that the more I shared and talked about it, it actually did make me feel better and just what worked for me to then eventually go on to have two more girls, Um, you know, just going through that process. If I hadn't talked about it, I wouldn't have discovered other people that went through the same treatment and that provided more relief and belief in that the process was going to work and everything would turn out okay. So um, I think with vulnerability... Daring greatly really dispels some of the big myths that, like, you know, if you're vulnerable, people are going to see you as weak or take advantage of you. And so while it dispels those myths, it's also very quick to talk about the right way to be vulnerable and who to be vulnerable with. Um, So, again, if you're maybe in a place of, like, pain, you're going through something that's really hard, I promise that, like, talking about it with the right people is going to help. They're not going to necessarily have answers, but just not feeling like you're going through it alone. And again, whether they can relate or not, just having, you know, it's common to hear like your tribe, um, things like that. So uh, you might not be going through miscarriages. Uh, You might be going through some other type of loss or depression or tough time. Um, And so I definitely encourage you to go listen to that episode to see, you know, how not, or how being vulnerable can help in the healing process right I also really love how because you knew like well obviously you prayed about it thought talked to your husband about it and you were healthy vulnerable different ways so Brene Brown talks about healthy vulnerability and so Farron I think you quoted it healthy vulnerability has healthy boundaries so you were able to talk to the right people and then what ended up happening over the course of time is you created a roadmap for yourself on how to get from miscarriage to babies Mm -hmm. and this roadmap and again whenever you go through a trial or a trauma whatever it is 
you're creating this roadmap to get you from A to B. Mm-hmm. So when you are vulnerable in a healthy way or you're sharing your testimony, you're giving people the roadmap. And we actually have a friend, they just had their baby. Yeah. She took the same route that you did mm-hmm. because you spoke up and she was equally vulnerable and said, hey, I've been struggling with this. What did you do to get your babies? Yeah. And so then they were able to do that same thing and now they have a healthy yeah. week old baby congrats all the, all the glory to god but that for sure in sharing my message it's helped other people you know get through miscarriage and out the other side you know by successfully having um, more children so um that's something that if i didn't share or kept to myself you know there it wouldn't be helping other people so yeah your hardships will eventually be someone else's roadmap. Yeah. And remember, courage means you're a little bit scared and do it anyway. Mm -hmm. So obviously it's not easy to share this on on the World Wide Web, but you did. And because of that, you developed your courage, you developed healthy vulnerability, and you're giving people the roadmap. So great episode, guys. It's episode 36. Episode 37, we interviewed Randy, one of the other co-pastors at our church, And he talks about being vulnerable in a spiritual way. So how a big thing we talked about is community. Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, when you're looking at spiritual growth or trying to develop a closer relationship with God, that you have to look about, like, how honest are you being to yourself and even to God, even though you know, like, he knows it all. He knows you know, I know we know. Given some half, like, truths, like... Well, I didn't really mean to do X, Y, and Z or whatever. So I like that you talked about being vulnerable um, with God and yourself. And like he, he talked about being vulnerable with his wife under the realm of spirituality. But then too, having like accountability. That was one of the big takeaways. Again, picking the right person that can hold you accountable and that you're going to be vulnerable with when it comes to your spiritual life. He has several amazing anecdotes. He talks about stuff he struggled with. He gives a great spray paint illusion, spray paint can illusion. Um, But it is great how he talked about being vulnerable with God. And obviously God knows everything, so he knows your heart, he knows everything. But at the same time, you grow because you're being vulnerable with God. If you're sitting there praying, like you were saying, Farron, in that episode, if you dig a little bit deeper, if I extend my prayer by five more minutes, think about, what I'm going to get to the bottom of. Mm -hmm. Sometimes by me praying vulnerably, I can get to the bottom of stuff and realize, oh, he's been trying to tell me this the whole time. I like too, if you think about even your relationship, like I think of mine and Jacob's, like how much we knew and how close we were in the dating realm. And then once you're married and you have babies and everything's just out there (laughs) physically emotionally all of it um you know having that vulnerability has like deepened our relationship so if you're looking for a closer relationship with god you know just being vulnerable in your prayer life with him um obviously makes sense when you compare it to like our earthly relationships right and then to close out the daring greatly mini series we interviewed janet who was a stay-at-home mom turned into an or nurse And she talks about lots of anecdotes about being alone in Costa Rica at one point. Having her first kid in a different country. Yeah, I don't know how she did all that. But I think there's some vulnerability in, like, admitting you still have these dreams and going after them 
when, later in life when people will perceive that as being harder and, um, you know, you have kids and you're going to go back and pursue this dream and you probably have a lot of people around you that are saying, you know, that's going to be hard. I don't know if you can do it. And, um, fueling mom guilt with like, but isn't that going to take time away from your kids? And so vulnerability in, you know, talking to her husband saying she still wants to go back and pursue this goal and the vulnerability of going through that process and having friends that see needs and bringing meals over or helping watch the kids. So again, being vulnerable with the right people in your life um, really helped get her through some of the challenging times, but man, she's has the career she always wanted and her kids were just fine and they yes. saw, you know, modeled for her modeled for them, you know, to go after what they really want to. Um, so nothing but great things. Yeah, and I I love that she had that passion put on her heart and she was relentless with getting it. Like, she knew that's what God wanted her to do. Mm-hmm. And he put that desire in her heart and so she was like, all right, hubs, <laughs> this is this is what I feel like I need to do. And he's like, you go, girl. Yeah. So that equal support there too. Yeah, she had the passion and the gifting for being a nurse and so if you're out there and you're like man all these people they just seem like they knew what they wanted to do and went after it but I'm still here in this phase of not really knowing what we want to do then guess what we have yeah we have a gifting a passions and giftings finder it's going to actually help you figure out or at least narrow down what you could and should be doing with the desires that are put on your heart it's free so well free yeah just be like hey Rogan Varen, can I get that free thing? And we'll say, oh, yeah. Here you go. And and that's how that conversation will go. We'll probably say those words that awkwardly. (laughs) Uh, Okay, and then the last mini-series of this year. Wow. Everything is Figure Outable by Marie Forleo. That's episodes 40 through 51. Mm -hmm. And the last three interviews were 49, 50, and 51. And first we had Jill, who is teacher, coach, wife, Mom. Boss mom. Golly. Like if I like if I had to narrow narrow it down, boss mom. Yeah. She is I I love how she addressed mom guilt and work life balance head on and was like, No, no, that's not gonna be a thing for me. So I'm not gonna do that. And she tells you how. (laughs) Yeah. I like that she talked about how you can be great in both areas and for balance, not her words, but in my mind I pictured a seesaw. Which, if you tallied up who went up on each end of the seesaw by the end of the year, that would be an even number. But that during different seasons, so being a basketball coach during basketball season, the whole family jumps in and supports her in that role. And so work then is getting a lot of attention. But outside of basketball season, she's really investing in her family. And so that at a year's glance, there's balance. But if you're trying to find balance in every single day, you're going to drive yourself crazy um, because there's times that your family is going to require more attention and then your job. Um, But that doesn't mean you have to choose one or the other. It's just stepping up and showing up when the need's there. And if you're a little bit skeptical on like, oh, that can't really be a thing. That doesn't really work. So Jill is a basketball coach. Mm -hmm. If you live in the state of Texas and follow high school basketball, you know who she is. You know exactly who she is. She's she's a state champion coach (laughs) multiple years. Yeah. She's she's been to multiple state tournaments, multiple state championships, and she has been driven and focused and determined to live her life like this. 
and it has benefited everybody she comes in contact with. And she's not a robot. She has real human feelings. She even touches on dealing with anxiety, um, which caught up with her later in life. But looking back, going through therapy, she can see where it had been throughout her life. But man, it hit her hard not too long ago, and so I did appreciate her being, again, vulnerable and honest about that, but again, sharing practical steps to get through that tough time. And that episode was so good. <laughs> so much. We could talk about that for another 30 minutes. For sure. Episode 50 in the Everything is Figure Audible miniseries, we interviewed Josh, who's a stage manager and production manager. And For who? Oh, you know, no big deal, like Toby Mac. Yeah. Is his guy he's on tour with right now, but he's been with Chris Tomlin, Switchfoot, Matt Marr. Yeah. Lots, lots. Just to name a few. So, again, you don't just magic your way like, poof, I'm working for Toby Mac. I'm, like, second in command. Did he go to college to be a stage manager? Absolutely not. Oh. <laughs> he, he actually tells you what he thought he was going to be going into college, and it's not at all. <laughs> and I noticed that trend with several of the people we talked to. Some, some people, they absolutely knew in high school they wanted to be this, and here they are, killing it years later. But then some of the very successful people we interviewed, man, their life took these twists and turns and they have ended up where they are very happy to be and very successful, but they didn't know back in high school or even college. So mm-hmm. my degree does nothing for me. <laughs> you know, it taught me how to learn, like we said at the beginning of the episode. But yeah, I love Josh's episode. He talked about learning from the people that were further down the road mm-hmm. than he was. And, oh, my goodness. One of, one of the big things he talked about is, you know, you, you have to learn certain stuff and figure certain things out, but he got himself into the right room with the right people to learn the right stuff. So he found a way to make all of those things come together, and that's what propelled him to where he is now. So he got himself in there. He's an Enneagram 8, so... He muscled his way on in there, and he's like, no, I have to learn this. I have to do this. Show me how. Yeah, and chances are, if you have something you're interested in, interested in, you already know kind of the leaders or model what you would do or who you would model your whatever after. And so I think this is actually from Jill's episode, but Josh touched on it as well, is that success leaves clues or mm-hmm. success leaves a trail. Mm-hmm. So... um Again, just capitalizing on, like, don't wait for things to come to you or fall in your lap or, oh, I can never do that. All that you need is out there. Go get it. Right. And he he found a way to notice what people were doing. Mm -hmm. Like, if he didn't know how to do something, he noticed a way that someone was doing it well and mimicked it. And then he eventually learned the skill and then could add on to his tool belt. Yeah, make it his own. I love it. In the next one, we epi- in the next episode we interviewed Paul, who is again another preacher at our church. Again, bringing it always bringing it back to how do these books and ideas fit in your spiritual growth. And Paul and Jill are married, so it was pretty cool to have them talk about two totally different things in totally different realms, and they still said stuff that aligned biblically and also. In their marriage, which and you was great. also got two perspectives on the same issue. Yeah, going back to how Paul supported his wife when she was going through her anxiety, and so um, I really like that from a spouse's point of view, male or female, you know, whatever. How you can, even if you don't understand things like anxiety or depression, how you can still show up 
for those you love. I love it because Paul did not understand. Mm -hmm. Like at first he was like, uh, just choose happiness. Why can't we just, so then it, he talked about the whole dynamic on how they worked through that together and how they have both had to kind of do a mindset shift and now they are trucking along conquering stuff. And so, again, those were episodes 49, 50, and 51, and this here is 52. But yes. throughout the year, we just sprinkled in a little little extra for you. Yeah, we like to call them listener's choices. So if we have a listener's choice episode, that means someone, one of you, has reached out and said, hey, can y'all do an episode on fill in the blank? And so to that, we say, of course, yes. And then we will either, we will find the information yeah. from our experience, from interviews, from from books we'll pull it together and give you the best stuff we can find that aligns as well with our core values we practice what we preach here at witty and gritty yes and if you think we don't please call us out so we can see the error of our ways because we always want to grow so we have six listeners choices this past year so episode nine that was how to survive fall camp so if you are a college athlete you totally get this if you are a parent of someone who wants to be a college athlete or is going into college athletics, that is a great episode on how to function. And I love the tactics you give, Farron. One of them you talked about, have a plan in place for when you're feeling homesick mm -hmm. or whenever you're feeling sore you can't even think. <laughs> or so, walk up the stairs to eat. When you live on the third floor, <laughs> yeah. but you're on the bottom floor. I also think this is a good episode if you are an alum and you would like to just go back and relive those uh, wonderful The nostalgia days. of being so sore you can't wash your hair. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, my. It just brings a smile yes. to my face. I think it's, it's great for parents to hear because they don't know what they're... Especially if you weren't an athlete and your kid mm -hmm. is going to be a college athlete. You have no idea what this kid's about to experience. Yeah. So, and you're like, why did they call me? Because <laughs> they can't hold their phone. To they, they can't. <laughs> they can't press the numbers on their phone to call you. <laughs> they can't even get Siri to do it for. Or them. they only have twenty minutes to sleep. So yeah, they fell they're asleep, gonna sleep dialing your phone number. They're probably also sitting on a couch in the commons area with ice packs, hoping their teammate wakes them up to go to a meeting. <laughs> Or you fall asleep right outside the meeting doors. That way, when the coach comes, you hear the oh, keys yeah. and you People wake up. Would get there That's what we so just started early. doing. Yes. yes. If you had like 30 <laughs> minutes in between, you would just go sit where the meeting was and nap coach. there to get as much time I as possible. I remember being a freshman and seeing that happen. I was like, why are they? Yeah. They are so, like, I'm early to meetings. Yeah. Why are they so early? Yeah. And then I realized, oh, they're taking a nap outside the yeah. door so that way they don't miss it. They're just smarter so smart. Than me. <laughs> <laughs> Again, the power of using the mentor even mm -hmm. within the team. Yeah. Our second listener's choice we did for the year it's episode 10 it's how to survive teacher staff development. So we have a lot of teacher friends out there and there's always a couple weeks probably about 2 3 if you're a new teacher or new to a new district. Then you will have lots of staff development like 80 hours worth plus <laughs> in just a 2 week period of time. And then we well, just talk well, about how to survive it. Yeah. And just make sure you check your tech. Check your tech. And that's where that, that joke. Yeah. <laughs> We've said check your tech throughout this whole year. That's where it comes from. You know, these episodes, they just keep on giving. I don't remember where the internet's episode happened, 
but now I have to say internets. All of them. Uh, if you've listened throughout this whole time, you pick up on the things, like our little nuances we say. Yeah. Like Farron calls me out every time I say good stuff. She's like, good stuff. <laughs> Thanks, Farron. <laughs> Sometimes, you know, you're just like needing a transition uh, and know? one doesn't naturally come to mind. That's what I'm Not just say. you. Like, I don't know what mine is, so everyone's You awkwardly listening. say bye at the end. That is, yes. I, here's what had happened. When we first started, I'd say, see you later, talk to you soon, and it's like, we're not having we're not a live see you. conversation, <laughs> so I would get ready to say, see you later, and I'd go, bye! <laughs> and now I just know that's gonna, I know what to say. Yes, I love it. Okay, episode 18 is definitely one of our most popular out of all of our episodes. We have Stephanie Frentress on, and she talks about grief. Grief, and I think an underlying principle in that episode is forgiveness as well. Um, I don't want to like ruin or take anything away, but it involved a car accident where the driver um, had, like, as a result of the accident, her mom died, and she was Stephanie was severely injured with like lifelong injuries. Um, and so having, she goes through again, kind of like what I tried to be honest about with the miscarriage episode is it's not all hearts and rainbows. She tells you like the whole process to where she's finally today at a point where they've like forgiven the driver and, um, you know, how much she's overcome mentally, emotionally, but is still very, very honest about it's still painful. She still wants to pick up the phone to call her mom and all the things. So Yeah, she also... There are several moments in that episode where you get goosebumps. Mm-hmm. Like, the very end. Yeah. <laughs> where she tells that story, and yeah. then when she prays, and you're just like, oh my gosh. Yeah. And then at the... I mean, there's stories throughout the whole episode about how she's had to, like, go this way and then go that way, and then go back and then figure out things. And she even, like you said, she still is... Dealing with the physical ramifications of what's happened every day. Every day she's feeling chronic pain. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so, like we've said throughout even this episode, is she's just at a point where she feels that, like, her story and her experiences could be helping someone that's going through that now or has gone through that a loss recently or a trauma recently. And so, um, you know... Again, we never want to think that like, oh, you're just healed of it or it goes away or you forget, but how do you live with it and, you know, not punish yourself for the rest of your life. Right. How to press on through it. I also like at the beginning of this episode, you talk about how we came to know Stephanie Mm -hmm. and how we got her on the show because that's also a crazy God moment as well. So cool. I love it. I love it. Okay, episodes 26 and 27, we did back-to-back around Christmas time, and then... Oh, Christmas. Yeah, I love Christmas so much. Six months. Yeah, halfway there. <laughs> <laughs> About to do Christmas in July on Hallmark Channel. I'm so pumped. Awesome. So, 26, episode 26 was our frequently asked questions, and if you want to know more about like the behind the scenes or what it takes to do what we're doing, listen to episode 26 because we don't have any secrets. We yeah. just tell you. Yeah. And then episode 27, we talked about our core values. So what our podcast stands for, what are the four main areas we focus on, and then bonus content on always getting to you know us. always get bonus content. I love it. I liked that episode because we both came up with 
a list of 10 things, 10 random facts. So 10 for me, 10 for you. And we didn't tell each other what they were. So, yeah, but they were all, they were all great. Great. Notes. Oh, you say one in there. I'm like, oh, I don't know if, I don't know if we should have said that. I actually think you remember you saying, are you sure you want to say this? I was like, yes. Yeah. And he looked at me like a linger and I was like, what? What? This is how I feel. I am who I am. Oh my goodness. That's hilarious and I love that we both know what we're talking about but we're not going to say it again mm-hmm. we're just going to say it that one time on episode 27 a little teaser <laughs> oh unless it magics its way back into an episode later in life Check depends on who we who we interview and they're oh. <laughs> uh, I'm not available that's so funny I'll, I'll, I'll interview that's if great. it fits in that category virtual meeting right Okay, and then our last listener's episode in the past 52 weeks is over dyslexia. And I love this, Farron. This is your specialty. Farron is a dyslexia guru. She's a boss at all all things dyslexia. And so her interview, she interviews Nancy Disterlich, who is another guru. They just work in two different places. Farron works inside school districts, and Nancy works to help school districts. So they do the same thing, but they... They do it in two different areas, so they can have different kind of reach. So Farron is like She's feet on like the boots on the ground. Mentor. Yeah, yes, she has a lot of um, experience and knowledge to share. Um, I especially like that with dyslexia therapy or intervention. She's sure to not only address the academic interventions, but like the mental emotional therapy support that students need. Um, there are a lot of people that have dealt with learning struggles or as far as like identified with learning disabilities and it could be dyslexia or it could be if you have any type of learning disability yourself or you're the parent or you're a teacher that works with someone that has learning challenges, this episode is chock full of ways to support um, these students or even adult friends um, without like necessarily the like in addition to the academic piece is what I should say. Right. I like what people the response we're getting from this episode is you are telling my story right now. Mm-hmm. I didn't realize that this is what it was and yeah. I have felt this way my whole life or I'm still struggling with this. I didn't realize that this is what was happening. Yeah. There's power in like sometimes people don't want to give labels because there could be a tendency to like blame everything or focus everything or limit yourself having limited beliefs because oh I have dyslexia but a lot of times there's relief that comes with like a diagnosis if you will so instead of kids thinking like I'm dumb I'm stupid they're able to say oh I have dyslexia I know what it is I know how to overcome it same thing with like medical diagnosis you know, whenever you go to get blood work done and they can't figure out what's going on with you, that's a well, terrible sorry. feeling. Yeah. And then you go to WebMD and then you're like, going to die the next day. And that's <laughs> terrible. So, um, again, just so much to offer in this episode, no matter what your learning challenges might be. But specifically, if dyslexia could be in like your family history or your child's been identified, specifically with dyslexia, of course, that's going to be a great episode for you. I like how the interview is set up too because it's like you were asking questions that 
someone who is not in the dyslexia world would ask. So the way you're asking the questions is how you guys would ask the question. So Baron asks the question to Nancy, and Nancy comes with the academic answer in a way that everybody can understand. Yes. I love so it. It's easy to digest. Wow, Farron, so that was a year in review through interviews. Yeah. So 15 interviews plus our listeners' choice interviews. That's a lot of interviews. I'm looking forward to our next series, too. Yes, so this upcoming series is Switch on Your Brain by Carolyn Leaf, and it is amazing. I don't think I've ever, I mean, when I read the forward, the prologue in the forward, I called my mom and sister-in-law and I said, run, don't walk to get this book. (laughs) It's going to totally mindset shift people. Yeah. I love it. Can't wait. Okay, guys. A year interview, episode 52. Bye. Yes, I'm so glad you said it. (laughs) Thanks for listening to the Witty and Gritty podcast. Join us at wittyandgritty.blog where you can subscribe to our newsletter, check out our blog, and listen to more episodes. We have a Facebook group out there just for you, for discussion, support, and community. If you have any questions, reach out. We'll be right there.